Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So a little bit about what Behind the Wheel is all about. A few years ago, I thought I had it all. A great job, great money, an amazing wife, and on the way to rising to, to the top of my field within my work. However, I was really fat, like really fat, like huge. And soon, due to a variety of reasons, I found myself in a job that I absolutely hated. And very quickly, I found myself hating where I was. And I was using sleep and food as my escape mechanism. It got so bad that I used to sleep till 5pm. Just after my wife would come home, I'd rush out of bed, do the dishes and pretend like I'd been up for the entire day. It's crazy how life can take a turn for the worst so quickly. I had huge limiting beliefs, such as I had no way of finding a better job, despite my wife's continuous rambling about how I deserve better and how I could find a very how I could find a job that I absolutely loved. I never listened, but the more I didn't listen, the more my belly began to grow. I woke up one day and realized it was time to change. And in that moment, I realized that perhaps the most easiest thing to do was change my health. I began with a gym, and slowly the weight began to drop. It was during this period, though, that I began to also change my outlook on life. I basically stopped blaming the people around me. I stopped blaming my, my boss. I stopped blaming my wife. And I started to take real action and accountability for my situation and the place where I found myself in. Over time, things got better. And I found myself in a much better job and also better shape. However, not too long ago, I found myself crying. A grown man crying himself to sleep. Rather pathetic, right? See, I always knew that I wanted to achieve so much more in life. I looked up to the greats of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and Muhammad Ali and Bill Gates. People who achieved so much. See, before, I just told myself that they were lucky, that the stars aligned for them. And I had no chance of even creating, as Steve Jobs famously said, my own dent in the universe. I always had a passion for cars and I wasn't doing anything about it. Day by day, week by week, I spent a bit thinking, what if? And I shrugged it off. But in that moment, when you're on your bed, your pillow is wet, with tears of regret, with a bit of, with a bit of embarrassment, I made a decision. That decision, that decision was to create something that is based on my passion for cars, as well as my desire to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through. Stand. We only have one life. Behind the Wheel seeks to unite those who want to live a life of purpose, passion, meaning and service through a common and shared love for cars that push the boundaries of speed, luxury and performance. With that in mind, I'm happy to welcome Ali Mamdani. Ali, welcome, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about you, man. So, uh, well, I'm 29. Uh, I'm a new dad. Uh, I just had my firstborn uh, a month ago. Congrats. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so a little bit of sleepless nights. Um, and, uh, well, I work in uh, I work in financial services IT uh, for over five years. I studied at Aston University, did uh, business management. Um, and I live in uh, London. Um, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. Uh, love the Gunners. I know that we're not doing too well, but uh, hopefully we can finish <laughs> over spares. Uh, we beat Leicester, so I'll take that. Uh, just recently, um, but yeah. yeah uh, apart from that, I've I've also just uh, started off a, a new, a launching my new company, Better Steps, um, as a uh, as a become certified as a mortgage advisor uh, and broker. So yeah, looking forward to seeing where where that journey leads me as well. 
That is amazing. I want to go straight into it, man. Um, no, no messing around here, man. Um, you're obviously a young guy. Um, obviously, you know, just had a baby. You're clearly a family guy. Uh, how long have you been married? Not, not very long, right? Uh, 2017. It's always a, it's always a ter- ter- terrifying question to ask, you know, how long have you been married? And you're thinking, <laughs> putting on the spot now, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I remember launching my first business with my wife in, in 2017, actually, yeah, in, in the same, same year that you got married. And, um, you know, it's incredibly, incredibly, it's, it's a mixture of thoughts that go through your mind. Um, tell us a little bit about how you, how you made that choice and what, what drove you to, 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 to set up something of your own. So if I start from the beginning, you know, your introduction that you gave about, you know, what Behind the Rules is all about, you know, I can relate to that. And I'm sure many people can, you know, the, the fear, the, you know, the what ifs, the unknowns of, you know, you know if I take, if I go down this path, then it, myself, I've got a passion as well. You know, my passion has always been finance, uh, personal finance, money, understanding how economy works, understanding how, you know, how money works, uh, you know, inflation, interest, all that kind of stuff. So I've always had a passion for that, and I've always wanted to get into that field and, and do something that can, you know, help people uh, become better uh, financially, become better, uh, you know, in terms of financial literacy as well. So, um, you know, again, I never knew where to start. It. I never knew where I should start from. I never knew how to get into that sort of field. Um, but I'd always have an interest in it, and I always do something for myself. And before lockdown. Uh, started, I, I stumbled upon, you know, the fact that um, you can become, you know, that there are mortgage brokers. And of course, I used one myself to uh, previously, but I didn't realize that, you know, it is an industry you can get yourself into. I didn't know how to do it. But I stumbled upon the fact that this is the career path to become, you know, to go down that route. And uh, I started to read and do my research a bit more. And day by day, I started to realize that, yes, this is where my passion lies. This is where I want to go. Uh, and, and this is what I want to do in, in my life. And I thought that, you know, becoming a mortgage broker, becoming a mortgage advisor is one of the biggest financial commitments any person, you know, makes in their life. Buying a house in those, it's a, it's a dream for many. So how great would it feel for me to be somebody who can help people realize that dream uh, and, you know, find ways for, to help them do that? So, you know, I started to study um, during lockdown. Lockdown really helped me. Stop, I had to stop commuting, obviously. Um, so I had three, four hours extra in the evenings um, and sort of using that time to to study uh, and to basically pass all the exams that I needed to do to get, to become certified. And, you know, once you're certified, you think, OK, great, I'm, I'm now here. But what next? So, um, you know, at some point you're thinking, OK, now well, how, how do I take the skill that I've learned and actually turn it into something that can be, uh, you know, useful and, you know, make it to something that, you know, can help people. And, and how do I do that? with? Because obviously financial services is a very heavily regulated industry. So you need to do it the right way. Um, so, yeah, so then, then um, you know, doing further research, speaking to a few different advisors that I have known, um, you know, I managed to start launch Better Steps. Um, and obviously starting up a company, as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's a terrifying thing. You know, you don't know where to start. You've got all these different uh, online forms to fill out. Um, but the, the key thing that I learned is, you know what, just take the step. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. You know, 
if you keep taking one step, you'll take the second step, and you'll take the third step, and each step is a better step than the, than the previous step. And that's how I, how I came up with the name. So, um, in fact, it was my missus who came up with the name. She saw me going through the steps, and she's like, you know what, why don't you... That is amazing. So she's, amazing. she's the real, you know, sort of inspiration behind me because she supported me throughout the whole journey. Uh, and she kept, you know, every time I felt like, you know, I was down in the dumps and I'm like, oh, I'll put a bell and this and that. And she was like, no, you can do it. You know, you've come so far, keep going, you know, keep taking that better step. And that's that's how we came about. So, yeah, so really, you know, it's all about don't worry. Just take the step and you'll see doors open for you from every step and you'll be able to see. And then you'll be like, oh, it wasn't that bad as what I thought it was. I mean, it's just normally it's the fear in your head. Um, that's the biggest one, but yeah, so that's that's how you know I've launched a company, coming to where I am today, and you know see how things go. Yeah. So I think I think oh, there's there's so many like golden nuggets there, um, and I mean so, but I think the the last point about better steps, and I, I think it's fair to say that it's a reflection of your own journey as well, right? I mean the fact that you are making small incremental steps towards building something of your own that allows you to help people is really, really amazing. I mean, I guess it's a, it's, it's a reflection of, 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 of your journey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, self-improvement and you, as you said, you know, you can't be a success overnight. It has to come through small, uh, you know, increments and you need to set yourself small targets and small goals that you think are that, not you think, but that are manageable and achievable. Because if you're going to attain for something and, you, and it's too far uh, for you to even go and, and achieve it, you're, you're, you're going to set yourself up failure from the start. So you need to basically break it down and say, okay, take one step, take the next step, take the next step, and then you reach your end goal, which is where you actually want it to be. So, you know, if you break it down to those smaller targets, set yourself those smaller deadlines to achieve it, it doesn't matter if you achieve it within the deadline or not, but you know, I, I read something from, you know, you mentioned Elon Musk. I read something from, from, uh, from him once and he said, if you, if you, most people are so afraid to start, but if you try to, and they, they set themselves like a 10 year plan to go and achieve what they want to achieve. But if you just spend six months doing nothing else, but trying to achieve that 10 year plan, you'd get a lot further in those six months than you would have yeah. ever. Because you, you, and at the end of the day, life takes over and you'll stop even that 10 year plan. Yeah. But if you just, you know, put your, heart and soul into it for six months and you see where you where you get up to it doesn't matter if you you know reach the target or not but you would find yourself a lot closer to it than you were six months previous to that. so that you know that's one of the inspiration quotes that i took and you know it helped me to just say you know what well, my head down go for it. yeah it's i mean I, I i look at productivity and you know um there's something about uh you know the the, the human nature is to take as long as take as long as as long as possible for a particular task so if you if you give yourself three hours to walk from your house to the shops you will take three hours but if you give yourself 10 minutes chances are you'll speed things up and you'll automatically start to to to, to feel the pressure which is all which is which is it, it's useful in 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 many cases i think what's amazing is that in the last five minutes or even throughout the entire podcast you haven't mentioned making money which is obviously important but i think i think what's really amazing is the fact that you're not driven by money you're actually driven by the desire to help people which which, which i think is really really interesting because i think many people go into business with a view to make money which is obviously important but 
in my view, it should always be the byproduct of helping people and helping as many people as possible. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, we're, we're always focused on, you know, our wealth and, and money and the, the differences between wealth and money. And this is what this is an important thing that I've, I've learned as well. Money comes and money goes. Right. You uh, today you could have, uh, you know, a million pounds tomorrow. You could be broke. You know, it comes and it goes. But wealth is something you can build over time. It's something that, you know, it's it's like, like what we're talking about. It's taking us taking those steps to build your wealth, to see it grow like a tree, like, like you know, you would uh, plant trees. So for me, yes, never been. I've, I've never wanted to do this for the money. Because at the end of the day, if that was my end goal, you know, there were, I could have done so many other things to get there. Why, why is trying to help me? I want to help myself. Yeah. But for me, it's not about the money. That is, like I said, a byproduct of you know, well-being, which is why what I do, I don't, you know, I do it all for free. I don't charge. Because at the end of the day, if I was to charge, then, you know, it will be money. You know, I would do it for money. But for me, to see somebody coming up to me and saying, thank you so much, you know, you help me achieve the dream of mine, or you help me realize uh, a financial goal of mine. Um, you know, that feeling is a lot better than the feeling of saying, okay, I've got a thousand pounds in this one case. So, yeah, it's, all, it's always about, the, for me, it's uh, always about sort of the interaction of people understanding what we want to do, helping on the team side, and or being that person who, is, I mean, think about it, mortgages, the moment you mention mortgages, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for, to be that person who somebody can come to and say, look, this is what I want to do. I have no clue what to do. Because I was in that position once, you know, I, I wanted to buy a house. I was had no clue what I wanted to do. I had I went through stumbling blocks and pitfalls. But because I've been through that experience myself, I know how to help other people. And I want to utilize those skills to try and make sure that somebody else doesn't make the same mistakes I made at the end of the day. Let's go into that, man. So, I mean, I mean, so I've I've been I am literally going through the stage right now of buying a house, and um, it is scary. I mean, like it is it is unbelievably scary. And um, without you know, without trying to promote you, I mean, like I think what you've done has actually helped me kind of just take a step back, look at the reality of it, look at the long term goals, and, and just think about it step by step. Which 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 because I know you and I are, are obviously talking about you know my my mortgage and 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 buying our first home, which is so so useful. But it is scary. It is scary. And what what would you say the biggest um the the the, the biggest kind of I suppose um obstacles challenges um when you are going through that process from your experience, what was it, was it talking to people in my, in my boat? I think, see, a lot of people think, think the biggest problem is, um, you know, saving up to buy a house, uh, you know, having sure, make, make sure they've got a good enough deposit. Of course, property prices right now are quite high. Um, and so it can be quite difficult to sort of, you know, save up. Um, but I think, you know, the, the key thing that, People need to be aware of if they, if they have good money management, if they continue to you know budget, if they continue to make sure that they are spending within their means uh, and they're living within within them as well. Um, and they, I think the key financial uh, is to pay yourself first. You know, we too more often than not 
we always think, okay, once we get our salary coming in, a monthly salary or some income coming in, the first thing to do is to pay off our bills, you know. And um, as well and good as that may be, what you've done is basically in heavenly paid off other people first before you paid yourself. So the first thing that I would advise anybody to do is to say, okay, see the statements, statements, and stuff like that. See, okay, when does my money come in? What's the first thing to do? Transfer a chunk of that money to a savings account, leave it untouched, you know, um, or put it, you know, make sure you've got your emergency savings. Um, but I think once once you overcome that sort of hurdle, you know what, I'm now better at managing my money, I'm better at knowing what I'm spending it on, making sure it's, it's something that's the right thing to do. You know, the next thing you need to look at is your credit because that is one of the biggest things that um, lenders will look at. So making sure you continuously monitor your credit report. Uh, you know, if you haven't got any previous credit, you know, there is differences between good and bad debt. So you need to make sure you go uh, you understand what the difference is and, you know, use good debt. But once you've come through past that initial stage, you know, you've got, you think you're in, in, in that place where, you know, you've got a lot, you think you've got a large enough deposit, you know, you're managing your money well, you know, your credit is really well. The rest of the process should be literally a breeze. You, know, you should have no trouble. You'll have lenders coming up, uh, you know, that I know who will say, if those three things are there, you know, it doesn't matter. We would will, will lend to that person, right? Uh, we will obviously they obviously do their own checks and stuff like that, but as long as those three things are ticked for them, you know you've got no problems. Let's talk um, money management and and practical stuff, right? Because you know um, I am de- I am really big on this, um, and that thing about paying yourself first is something I've heard before, and it's so so true. But you're absolutely right. Our human nature is to get paid pay the credit card off, pay the bills off, and then whatever measly bit you have left, you then pay yourself. Maybe you put it into a savings account that makes 1% interest or whatever it is, you know, ridiculous. Um, but I suppose that by paying yourself first, it does that encourage a behavior shift towards trying to reduce the bills that you are paying? Is that is that the idea? Exactly. That's the idea. So if you think about it, right, if you if you get salary, you pay yourself first, then you know what's left over to pay for everything else. So then you'll start to sort of cross out all the things that you think are necessary. So, you know, paying three pounds for a coffee, you know, uh, it, it's something as small as that. But three pounds for, for a cup of coffee does add up. You know, if you, if you multiply it over five days a week, you know, when we were work, when we were commuting to the office, um, you know, then across 52 weeks in a year. So it kind of, that all adds up. And when you look at it at the end of the year, you think, you know what? I could have just, you know, taken my own copy from home, you know, or, or be so much cost more uh, cost efficient. So it's all those little things that you'll start to think about. And you'll be like, is it really necessary for me? Do I need it today? Is this an impulse purchase? Um, you know, normally what I try and do is um, if you want to buy something, more of a large expense, Give yourself about two to three weeks to think about it. You know, do I actually need it? Will it actually benefit me? Um, you know, will I, you know, if I didn't have it, what uh, what will happen? You know, all that, all those kind of questions. And then at the end of the day, if you still think it's worth it and you still need it, then you go and buy it. Because more often than not, we see a good deal. We're like, oh my god, it's a great deal. We must get it now. And you know, advertisers and marketers, you know, they're the ones who are trying to get us through their doors. Uh, straight away, you know, with impulse purchases and impulse buys, you know, you, you see it every day, you know, you go to Amazon and you see uh, other people also bought this or we recommend this for you 
and it's uh, what is it? It's all it's all away uh, uh, about them trying to get more money out of you, out of your wallet. So it's all those kind of little things that you think about, and you be like, okay, if this is good for me and I need it, after two weeks, I'll still go and get it. But within that two weeks period, it will actually help me to understand whether I actually need it or whether I don't need it. And you'll find yourself more often than not saying, I didn't need it, and you've saved that money. And that means you've actually paid yourself a little bit more. So it's those kind of things that really, uh, you know, help you to, to sort of pay yourself first. Because at the end of the day, me as a person, you know, I'm worth something. I have value, right? So why pay other people, people of value, when you, can, you need to pay yourself? Because you, you, you are the most valuable person to yourself. So that's what, that's how I... That's so interesting, man. That's so, I, it's, I, I think... I think... I think certainly in our community and perhaps in other communities, I don't think that's a, that's a concept that we think about much. And I mean, and we, we will come on to that, the, the sort of common misconceptions of money. But before that, bad debt and good debt, what's the difference? Oh, well, um, the difference is basically how, how lenders look at it and say, okay, if you can manage, if you're managing your money well, right, you can have good, you have good debt in the form of, for example, credit cards, um, for example, in, in, in the case of loans, okay, um, those are those are normally things that you will buy big purchases. You know, you use credit card for everyday expenses. You use loans for uh, big purchases, but you're looking at those that you can pay back. Right, those are the loans you can pay back because you're still managing your money. Your bank statements are, are still not in red. You know, you're not take you're not living beyond your means. Bad debt is when you start, you know, living beyond your means and you can't and you're living from paycheck to paycheck. But at the same time, you're borrowing money to live from paycheck to paycheck. So stuff like payday loans, going into your overdrafts, um, those are considered to be more bad debt because at the end of the day, you can't manage your money. You know, you're always in the red, uh, but and you're looking to borrow just to stay afloat. And those are those are sort of the bad debts that, that when banks see them, um, you know, they they know instantly that you know you're ha- you're gonna you're gonna be a trouble case for them, and they're not gonna want to accept you through the door straight away. So the difference between good debt and bad debt um, is what type of debt you take out, what type of credit you take out, uh, why you take it out, and, you know, what's the intention behind it. Um, and, you know, if it's a more, more often than not, the ones with like the more uh, high interests, like the overdrafts, like the payday loans, are more considered to be bad debt because you can only get those if you can't get, the, get a loan or a credit card as well. So it's kind of like speed level. What would be your advice for someone who is um, slipping into 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 bad debt? I mean, I know it's it's straight away you know, cut your expenses, but and that that seems a lot more easier said than done, I guess. Um, but what would you advise your advice be for someone who is perhaps in the red or 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 about to go into the red? Um, what 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 would, what practical things would you would you advise them to do? So first things. First thing is, you know, what is the reason behind it? So, you know, it's not always about, you know, the money itself going in from, you know, black to red. It's about why, you know, what is, what is this a factor that's suddenly coming to your life, which means, you know, you've had to suddenly go into red. For example, you know, you know, we've given COVID, you know, a lot of people have, are, are, are furloughed, so they've been able to survive, but a lot of other people have not been captured by the furlough net or are unemployed now, you know, so something in there that, you know, is making you go into red. You know, it's it's acceptable. It's you know, it's a it's a natural reason to be unemployed at the moment, um, and and that can have a toll on your finances. Um, so it's it's a, it's really important to try and understand why and see if there is a way you can rectify it. 
straight away. So, for example, if you're unemployed, you know, a lot of people are looking for jobs. You know, a lot of people are fighting for jobs as well. So it's not easy to get in, get into another role. But people thinking, people thinking creativity, uh, creativity uh, to get into roles. You know, I've seen people standing at um, uh, train stations with a cardboard and saying, looking for a job, you know, you know, um, handing out CVs, you know, a lot, a lot of those kind of things. Um, so understanding why is really important uh, first. Once you've understood why, you can then take necessary actions to try and, you know, uh, rectify it. If it's, for example, if you're missing payments for set or set something uh, that you owe somebody money to, so if you're missing payments for utility bills, you're missing payments for credit card bills, you know, speak to the speak to your provider, speak to the lender, speak to the utility company and tell them straight away. Don't hide from them because the more you hide from them, the worse you make the problem for yourself. A lot of these companies have measures and protocols in place to help those who are most vulnerable um, and that's by law. So they must find a way to help you. They must find a way to resolve your problem, whether it's you know payment holidays or production in payments um, or come up with a new payment plan and that will help you to try and you know, get away from so definitely, definitely, definitely the first advice I give to somebody after they understood why is go speak to the person you owe money to. Uh, because more often than not, you know, we try and hide under the covers and think the problem's going to go away, but it isn't. So it's so important you go speak to them because they have people, qualified, trained, skilled people who manage these on a day-to-day basis and they can come up with ways to help you. And again, if, if you know, third way is to, to there's a lot of charities that do uh, the help of people in debt. Um, you know, um, debt free solution charities as well. And they're very good at what they do. And they will definitely help you find management plans and find ways to uh, support you so you can sort of work your way out of those debts uh, as well. So those are the three steps I would definitely recommend that order. Um, usually, what would happen is obviously a lot of this will come up on your credit file. But if there's an explanation for any of it that is, that is justifiable, then usually lenders are willing to look the other way and they say, okay, fine, it was a one-off scenario or it was, you know, a certain period in your life that uh, something that this happened, but, you know, we can see now you're back on your feet. Um, You know, we're happy to now put that behind you as a post and move forward and, and, you know, help you out as well. So, you know, don't try and cover it up. Try and find solutions, you know, speak to to various different uh, people and organisations and charities and there are people out there who actually specialize in these things to help people come out of debt. So um, it's very useful to use them, I'd say. Just, you know, understand why, speak to the people you owe money to, and then still work in a situation and speak to the debt charity as well. That's really useful. I think the, the, the other thing I wanted to pick up on is, um, and, and, and people who are about to buy their first home, <clears throat> and it's, it's something that hit me when I... <clears throat> Um, the 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 costs after buying the home and uh, you know they, they call them you know phantom costs or hidden costs. Um, what are some of the things that people perhaps don't always think about when they're about to buy the first home in terms of cost wise and, and what would be your advice to them? Um, so yeah, so there's quite a few things people don't realise that uh, you have to have when you're buying a house, or you, you need to also take into consideration. You know, a lot of people think okay. You need to pay the mortgage, you need to pay sort of the utility bills, you need to pay off, you know, um, council tax, all that kind of stuff, all the general stuff that everybody knows and sees. But what people don't understand is, you know, insurance is definitely a big player in this. Um, you know, having insur- having adequate insurance in place 
for your property, for your possessions, is crucial because if something does happen in the future, then you are, you know, you are, you are covered to the full amount. Um, so having a good uh, insurance in place uh, for your buildings and the contents insurance is definitely uh, something that people don't think about. And in fact, people don't know from when they need to have it. A lot of people think they need it from the moment they get the house keys. In actual fact, it's not. You actually need it from the moment you exchange contracts because the moment you exchange is when oh, wow. you become the legal, legally binding owner of the property. So between exchange and completion, if anything was to happen to the property, it is at your responsibility. So you actually need insurance from before you've even moved into the property um, is what a lot of people don't understand and, and realize. Wow. Um, another part is um, protection. You know, what, buying a house is definitely a big, a big uh, event in any what they don't always realize is that you need to protect uh, you as an individual uh, in case something more comes to you. So, uh, life insurance, uh, critical illness covers, income protection covers as well is very, very key to have as well in case, you know, one day, uh, you know, you are, you are to die, you know, it's all, it's going to happen to any one of us. Uh, but what happens to the house when you die? You want it to be safe. You want it to make sure it's passed on to your, uh, your relatives and there's no mortgage to pay off over somebody else's head uh, you know a lot of us uh, especially in, in today's day and age you know a lot of people suffer from medical conditions the three main conditions are cancer stroke and heart attack you know and they can happen to anybody at any time especially towards you know you know from your over 40 50 as well so having good critical illness cover means that if something like that was to happen then you know you you're covered you know financially you're covered as well you don't have to worry that, you know, I've got a heart attack or I've got cancer, I spend more days, you know, going to the hospital, uh, treatments, um, you know, how am I going to go to work and pay them, get the, get the standard to pay the bill? Again, this is one of the things people think about, but this, these are the type of protection covers that we face that can help you in those situations. Um, you know, um, you're more likely to have uh, a medical condition, um, you know, than you are to, to die in today's day and age. It's because we lead more fast-paced and healthy lives. So, you know, people are living longer, but they're more likely to have medical conditions uh, attached to them whilst they're still living. So those, those things are really key. Um, and then income protection as well, again. So, you know, if, you're un- if you become unemployed all of a sudden, uh, if you've had a physical disability all of a sudden, you know, you need to protect yourself there as well. So protection insurance is definitely another key area, which a lot of people don't really know what's out there and how that can help you uh, of course sort of you know decent premium that you pay and you get a lot of cover back of that um, the third thing I think people don't realize especially when they're buying the house is to make sure that the house is uh, structurally sound uh, a lot of people buy houses and they think okay the house looks good may look good uh, from you know from when you go and do your uh, visit of the house but structurally behind the scenes does it actually really look as good as it, as it looks to you when you go when you come to see it. So having a survey on the house um, is really important, really key because you your surveyor, uh, who is also a certified housing surveyor, uh, will be able to find out if there's any issues with property, highlight them to you from the start, and so you know before you've even bought the house what you have to think about and whether then you feel that is the right property for you to buy. As well, so the, that's that's another cost and consideration that we have. Um, uh, stamp duty, everybody knows about stamp duty. You know, it's always in the news, yeah. but um, it's definitely to think about. And the final one is the legal costs. 
a lot of people don't really understand or think about what the legal costs are, conveyancing costs to, to actually buy the house. Um, you know, you need to have a good solicitor, um, you know, and making sure that they go through all the different aspects that they need to check legally uh, before the house can be transferred over to you as well. So um, they, that's another cost that a lot of people don't, don't take into consideration. And they can be uh, generally off standard duty that is the next biggest cost uh, to think about. Uh, so yes, those are the four, three, four, five different things people don't, people really should start to take into consideration when they're going to the bank as well. That's, I think that's that's so so useful. I mean, for, for me, definitely, and I'm sure for other people as well. Um, let's talk about better steps um, in terms of the company, and um, you know what 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 you guys do. What's the idea? I, I know I know I've touched on the inspiration, um, but what is it that you sort of that, that you bring to the market that's perhaps a bit new, a bit a bit fresh, and a bit a bit unique, if you like? Yeah. So for me, best steps has always been about you know one of my core objectives is financial literacy, as I mentioned earlier. So you know conversations like this, you know, showing people, telling people how things actually work. You know, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that people don't realize, you know, what well, if I if I do X, it will benefit me because it will make, you know, the process a little bit more smoother, a little bit more quicker, a little bit faster, um, and a little bit uh, a little bit uh, more efficient as well. So my core aim is to help uh, you know, spread that knowledge, spread that um, uh, wisdom and educate people uh, to understand what what their mortgage IQ is, what their financial IQ is as well, and try and, you know, expand that a little bit more. So that's one of my key um, sort of objectives or better steps is to try and do more education, uh, events, podcasts, uh, seminars, workshops, even, you know, blogs myself in, in some point in the near future as well, stuff like that. So for me, it's it's definitely something that will uh, I want to, you know, impart that to somebody else that can help them uh, you know, just get that little bit extra the information that they needed. There's, there's actually been uh, ev- there's evidence to show there's research being done to show that a, per- a person who's more financially literate, uh, literate uh, has a better financial IQ, is more likely to make more wiser decisions about their own money uh, and how they manage it in terms of their savings, their investments, their purchases as well. So having that knowledge armed with it is so important because it helps you to basically make a better decision. And like we said, everything we said so far in terms of money management, credit scores, it's all about knowing how it works, knowing what to do in certain situations, knowing um, you know what is right and what is wrong. And if you have that knowledge for the best deals, uh, you know you, you find that you know when you're buying car insurance, when you're buying uh, a mobile phone. You're always going to look in uh, in the in different shops for the best price you're going to get. You're going to look online and look, you know, comparison websites, all that kind of stuff. But people don't realize you can do the same for your mortgage. You know, you can you can look for the best deals. There are so many good deals out there right now. And my job is to try and educate you into understanding what those are, but also helping you find them. You know, and I do it all free as well. So that's the that's the main core aim for the best steps. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, <clears throat> I guess finally, where can uh, where can people find you? Uh, so you can you know visit the website bettersteps.co.uk. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, at bettersteps.fs. Um, or you know, uh, and you got my my email address is there, my number's there. Uh, or you can even DM me on Instagram, you know, message me on Facebook, uh, and you know, get in touch. Um, again, if you. Uh, 
you know, everything is there. You can book a free consultation. We can go through things together. And, uh, and yeah, and we can, we can take it from there. And then for those who want my number, you know, again, uh, it's there on, on Facebook and Instagram as well. So you can just be my number from there and, uh, and give me a call. And it's all free, which is amazing. Definitely amazing. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, just, just, I mean, I'm, I know, I know we're talking right now and it's been, it's been so incredible with you to on, 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 on Arthur's house and it's uh, certainly exciting stuff and you've been so, so helpful for, for both Zainab and I. So thank you so much for that. Ali, thank you so much for your time this, 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 this morning. And it's, it's been so, so lovely to, to hear your journey, how you got started, your lessons, your advice, financial literacy. I think there's so many really, really useful, insightful things that we've covered off today. And um, thank you very much, man. No, thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. And I wish you all the best and success in uh, Behind the Wheel as well. Thank you, man.